I'm going to ask that we all bow our heads in prayer. Just start rattling off all the bad things I've done until you get tired of hearing about them or what? I'm going to talk to you about the judge of the fatherless. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't mean to be so difficult, Mrs. Cleaver. It's just that he's at the age where he doesn't realize how important it is to keep a promise. Which Bible stories you want to hear? He's just a Sunday school. Thanks, Dad. Welcome to the Faith of the Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, here to reignite the faith of our fathers. And today I wanted to learn a little bit from our friend Smith Wigglesworth. I did a whole podcast, uh, kind of a general overview of my thoughts on Smith Wigglesworth, what I've learned about him thus far, what I think about him and his ministry. Uh, But I wanted to share with you a lesson from his book about how not to pray. And I've found that what he's teaching here to be true. Uh, We need to learn to pray prayers of faith um, with authority, not like the prayers he's going to demonstrate here. So this is a story of an encounter that he had with a good friend of his, um, a brother Clark, who was a a Baptist minister, I believe he was. They were good friends, um, and brother Clark's wife was dying. And so this was their interaction. He says, "Uh, Brother Clark said to me, the doctor says that this is the last day that my wife has to live. I said, oh, Brother Clark, why don't you believe God? God God can raise her up if only you will believe. He replied, I have looked at you when you talk and have wept and said, Father, if you could give me this confidence, I would be so happy. I said, can't you trust God? I felt that the Lord would heal her. I sent word to a certain man and asked if he would come to come with me to a dying woman. And I believed that the two of us, if the two of us would go and anoint her according to James 5, 14 through 15, she would be raised up. This man said, Oh, why do you come to me? I wouldn't believe, although I believe the Lord would heal her if you go. So this man said, Yeah, don't come to me, but I believe that you have enough faith for her to be well. But he didn't think there was any power in himself, uh, any faith in himself. Then I sent word to another man and asked him to go with me. This man could pray by the hour. When he was on his knees, he could go around the world three times and come out at the same place. I told them that whatever his impression was, to be sure to go on and pray right through. So I've been in this circumstance, too, where someone's a prayer warrior, and you're like, whatever whatever you you hear from the Lord, be sure to speak it. Kind of just saying, like, you're not tied down here. You have liberty. Pray as you feel led. And obviously, he expected great things. We entered the house. Uh, I asked this man to pray first. He cried in his desperation and prayed that this man, Brother Clark, might be comforted after he was left with these little motherless children and that he might be strengthened to bear his sorrow. So let's just think about this for a minute. Uh, The doctors say this woman is dying. She looks like she's dying. Um, Smith Wigglesworth asks this prayer warrior to come and pray. What does he pray? And he gives him the freedom. He says, pray whatever is impressed upon your heart. And what the man prays is for comfort for the man and his family and their grief. Many of us, I think, if I'm just going to stop right here for a minute, many of us would be like, of course, that's what you would pray, Um, especially if that's what you think the Lord is saying. And I find it interesting that Smith Wigglesworth gave him the permission. He said, just pray whatever is impressed upon your heart. This is what came out. But it wasn't satisfying to him. He said, I could hardly believe 
I, I could hardly wait until he was finished. My whole being was moved. I thought, what an awful thing to bring this man all this way to pray that kind of a prayer. So he was not satisfied because what Smith Wigglesworth was wanting, what he was looking for, what he believed God could and would do was raise this woman up from her deathbed and heal her completely. That's what he was believing God would do. That's what he expected this man to pray for, but he didn't. So what was the matter with him? That's what he wanted to know. Smith Wigglesworth said, what's the matter with him? I was look- he was looking at this dying woman instead of looking at God. You can never pray the prayer of faith that James 5.15 talks about if you look at the person who is needing it. There is only one place to look, and that is to Jesus. The Lord wants to help us right now to learn this truth and to keep our eyes on him. When this man finished, I said to Brother Clark, now you pray. So he asks uh, this woman's husband to pray, hoping for better results. But he took up the thread right where this other man had left off and went on with the same kind of prayer. He got so down beneath the burden that I thought he would never rise again, and I was glad when he was through. I could not have borne it much longer. These prayers seemed to be the most out-of-place prayers that I have ever heard. The whole atmosphere was being charged with unbelief. Let's just think about this again. All these men are Christians. One of them's a pastor. Another man, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, identified as a prayer warrior. And yet, in Smith Wigglesworth's mind, their prayers were completely the wrong kind of prayer. Are we capable of praying the wrong kind of prayer? Absolutely. I've done it many times. But he says, my soul was stirred. I was eager for God to get a chance to do something and to have his way. I did not wait to pray, but rushed up to the bed, tipped the oil bottle, pouring nearly the whole contents onto the woman. You talk about awkward. Then I saw Jesus just above the bed with the sweetest smile on his face. And I mentioned this before in my other podcast on Smith Wigglesworth. He seemed to see Jesus a lot. He said he saw Jesus just above the bed with the sweetest smile on his face. And he said to her, woman, and I said to her, woman, Jesus Christ makes you whole. The woman stood up perfectly healed. She is a strong woman today. Oh, beloved, may God help us get our eyes off the conditions and symptoms, no matter how bad they may be, and get them fastened on him. Then we'll be able to pray, pray the prayer of faith of James 5. 15. And I'm going to read James 5, 14 through 15 in a minute. But um, Smith Wigglesworth says this a few times. He says, like, don't don't fixate on the issue. Don't fixate on the, the cancer. Don't fixate on the, um, the impossibility. Fixate on Jesus. And as you pray, you know, keep your eyes on, just like Peter on the boat, uh, Jesus asks him, uh, when, he, when he walks on the water, I mean, when he starts to sink, Jesus asks him, why did you doubt? But the Bible says that Peter started, he was walking on the water, but then he started looking around at the waves. And Smith Wigglesworth says that we need to do that when we're praying. Uh, don't focus on uh, what's wrong. Focus on the one who makes it right. Uh, John G. Lake also expressed this at a time when he uh, was in South Africa and there was a baby that had died, had broken its neck, and there was a man praying for him. And John G. Lake said, looking at the baby, he just had no faith that that baby could be healed. But he didn't want to discourage the other man's faith, so he just left, and he went away and prayed. Uh, but he, he thought it was significant. He was thought it was important to not 
a, like if if he had stayed, he might have made this man who did have faith for the baby to be healed. Uh, he might have brought down his faith by trans transmitting his unbelief. Um, that uh, that makes me honestly, it makes me a little uncomfortable because of I've been in faith healing meetings where people are declaring people are healed all the time. And I, as a matter of fact, I got up in one and because uh, a, a, a guy from India was leading the meeting and he declared that this man who was in a wheelchair was healed because the guy got up and walked a few steps and then fell back into his chair. He was obviously not healed. And I felt like it was dishonest for this man to be saying that he was healed. And I got up and said something about, um, you know, we need to be able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord, you know, in sickness or in health. And they said that I was bringing unbelief. I don't, I don't, you know, we don't need to fake it. And I think that's one of the things that we stumble over with a story like this. So we think, well, do we need to fake it? Uh, no one's saying that. And and Smith Wigglesworth does has an, does have another part in this book where he talks about um, wearing glasses. He wore glasses uh, uh, for a while. And I think um, God, he kind of sort of healed it. So his, his eyesight started going bad in the 60s, but then um, he prayed for it and they never got worse. Instead of continuing to degenerate, as they usually does. So anyway, um, he was just saying, use common sense. He kept using the glasses until he didn't need them anymore, and he said he didn't need to fake it. Uh, so there's a difference there. We're not saying I'm not saying that we should pretend like someone's healed when they're not. But uh, you know, many times our fears get bigger when we meditate on them, uh, and when we look at our sickness, we only see impossibility. We need to look at Jesus, which is why it's important to hear testimony of people being healed. It's also important to read the Gospels and just to remind yourself, and I do this as well when I'm praying, to remind myself that every person that came to Jesus got healed in the Bible, every single one. So if I have not yet received healing, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going after him. Um, and I have many times looked at my sickness, I looked at the problem, and lost faith, uh, and I need to, you know, that's why worship is so important. It puts our eyes on Jesus. So um, remember who Jesus is and pray according to the truth that he is Lord, that he's risen from the dead, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. And when we pray, we need to uh, command sicknesses to leave, not just throw wishes up at the ceiling. God didn't give us um, wishes. He gave us authority. And we need to learn to use it. All right, so James 5, 14 through 15 says, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, they will be forgiven him. So this is the passage that Smith Wigglesworth was talking about when he mentions the prayer of faith. And just want to mention for those of you who are watching, as opposed to just listening to the podcast, you may be wondering why I all of a sudden am wearing different clothes and my beard has grown back. Well, that's because I'm finishing this podcast uh, later than when I began it. So there you go. The magic of production. So we are supposed to pray with authority. Um, and I am not at all saying that that's like a magic wand. I have been experimenting myself, uh, which I don't know if that's the best word for it, but I mean, I guess that is what I'm doing. When I'm praying for people, I'm commanding uh, sicknesses to go. I'm trying to learn the secret 
that obviously Smith Wigglesworth learned. And that's that's really what, you know, the essence of this, um, uh, of what my takeaway from Smith Wigglesworth life is, no matter how quirky he might be or um, some of the things that you, that makes you uncomfortable, the way he expresses faith or whatever, he saw people healed by and large much more than other people, but it wasn't until he started commanding it uh, to be healed. Like he, uh, along with John G. Lake, you know, didn't experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Some people will say, oh, they, he has a gift of healing. And I believe there is a gift of healing. I think some people are more uh, in tune with this than others. But healing, Jesus said, uh, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. He didn't say, some of you heal the sick. Like, this is a mandate on the whole church. It's It's what we're all called to do by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think a major part of learning to do that successfully is learning to exercise the authority that we're given instead of constantly throwing wishes to God and hoping that he's going to do something about it. He's not going to, um, I mean, God does what he does. Sometimes he answers prayers that are prayed with like no faith, but he said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me, so you go and make disciples he breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He sent out the disciples to cast out demons, to heal the sick and raise the dead. And if he has commissioned us to do it, he doesn't want us turning around and asking him to do all the work. Like that's part of the point of of giving us the authority is so that we can share in his work. We can be co-laborers with him. And in that, you know, this isn't a matter of us exercising our will on uh on the earth. It's about us cooperating with God to perform his will on the earth. And so constantly as we pray for people, and this is, I think, where I need to lean in and learn more from, is taking more time to listen to the Holy Spirit as we're praying, as we're talking with somebody. Uh, This is the same if you're sharing the gospel or if you're praying for healing, or if you're casting out a demon, listen to the Holy Spirit ask him what to do next. You know, there there are steps sometimes to um to deliverance and to healing. We don't necessarily just walk into a room and uh you know bang 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 command everything to come into line and it and it happens just like that. It's a mystery and it's one that uh requires that we continually stay in tune to the Holy Spirit and listening to what he has to say. Uh but I think it's important for us to remember just from a you know a bedrock foundation standpoint that God has not called us just to uh, to beg him for healing. He has called us to perform healing in his name. And that's a profound difference. And I think the more we wrap our minds around that, uh, the more success that we're going to see. And um, and I, like I said, I already have seen more success. There's still more that I have to learn. And obviously, um, I will share that with you as I go along on this journey. So thanks for being with me today. I look forward to uh, spending some more time with you in the future. And I'm just grateful for every person who takes some time to watch or listen to these messages. Uh, And especially when you share your thoughts or write a review um, or offer support, it's a great encouragement to me. And thank you for being out there. I am looking forward to the future. I believe that I'm going to be part of revival uh, in the near future. Um, and, And I'm excited to go there. I'm excited to take you. All right, God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.